0: Hello, FilmPigs listeners. This is a short announcement to let you know this podcast contains a rookie mistake. A cell phone was placed too close to speakers during the recording and has caused several instances of interference during the show. It happened seven times. Twice during movie news, twice during the shaky cam discussion, once during the Nick Cage Memorial Bizarre line reading but does not interfere with the line reading itself, and twice during Tom Slingdog's DVD corner segment. While annoying, the interference ranges from 3 to 11 seconds per incident, which is a little less than 2% of the show's running time. A breakdown is available in the blog post at filmpigs.com. The Film Pigs apologize for the error, and hope you can still enjoy the show. We blame Steve Jobs. Hey, 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 hey! It's the Film Pigs podcast numero dos! Gee. Welcome, welcome. I am your host this episode, Steve Skelton. I am Todd Robert Anderson. And I'm Stephen Falk. And here on the Film Pigs podcast, we discuss movies and movie news centered around a weekly theme. But before we get to the theme, we start, as we always start, because this is the second time we've done it,
1: with (laughs) some movie news. So (laughs) far, always.
0: So far, always, movie news. very exciting. We're going to we're going to inform you. You'll be informed about movie news.
1: <laughs> if you don't already read things like the trades, and entertainment weekly or, or
0: or information widely available on the internet.
1: <laughs> Todd Robert Anderson, what news do you have for us this week? Uh, I thought this was very interesting news. Uh, Terrence Howard's wife has filed for divorce after only one year of marriage. Oh, really? And uh, I can only imagine that's because she just got sick and tired after twelve months of cleaning her JJ with baby wipes.
2: <laughs> now, uh, I actually just to correct you. I'm pretty sure it wasn't her. Uh, it wasn't the vagina that Terrence Howard famously said his was girls it? need to use. It was. Instead of toilet paper, thus it was on her asshole.
1: Well, no, women do That's use an, a, that's paper an on important difference. You won't no, read that in, no, no, read that in variety. Yeah. No, that's a solid point, except that women wipe their vajays with toilet no, paper. No,
2: but he said, I won't date any girl who right. uses toilet paper.
1: But right, you have to. This is a ridiculous debate. It's not, it's <laughs> very important. But all I'm saying is, is a woman uses toilet paper on both the front and the back areas of their genitals. You know, depending on what you got about. You've got to clean your back genitals. They, 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 clean, they clean it all. They clean it all with toilet paper. So he was saying, you've got to clean it all with baby wipes.
2: Well, true, 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 true.
1: That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. but but. Uh, <laughs> and you pee more than you poo. Well, basically,
2: Terrence Howard said, uh, just because I, I just dialed it up. Uh, when he was asked again, when he showed up for the premiere for the hunting party, um, uh, a reporter from uh, Jezebel asked, Terrence, I was wondering if you could comment further on your remarks in L regarding baby wipes and your feelings about them. And (laughs) Terrence Howard, instead of backtracking, said, I stated my position pretty clearly. (laughs) More people need to use them. This is a very serious subject. What more is there to say?
1: I actually want to hear him say more about it. I really do. I don't I you know, I don't disagree. I mean I think baby wipes are wonderful. Toilet paper can be very scratchy and hard on your on your bung and baby wipes. I mean even even the toilet paper that they put like the moisturizer in just isn't enough. It's not enough.
2: Yeah, no 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 no. All of our buttholes should be thoroughly uh sanitized every time we use the bathroom. I agree. Yeah, right. no, <laughs> I, I think it's her fault. Basically, yeah, the I, 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 I saw. Clear.
1: If, if I had been she's that judge, she's gonna get nothing. If I had been that judge, I would not have granted her the divorce.
2: So, so I, I have a little piece of news. I thought it was kind of interesting that um, so yesterday um, a video game company released a. I thought Skelton would like this piece of news. A trailer for a, a zombie uh, zombies on the beach um, video game called Dead Island,
0: oh, and they okay,
2: released yeah. a trailer which uh, was actually pretty effective and pretty cool. And uh, it showed a uh, sort of, a, a, a revert, it's this family on a desert island, and they're being attacked by zombies. And uh, it starts with a, a little girl dead. Nice. And it, uh, and it goes with, with people, a guy on fire behind her <laughs> on this island. And it backs up, she flies through the air, through a plate glass window, into a hotel room where she is, and then onto the back of her father, who she is biting his neck. So he was basically thrown her off, and it shows it from backwards, from, it's just this this chaos. And basically this trailer, the video game hasn't even come out yet and the video game is not pulled backwards, memento style. Uh, this trailer has inspired bidding war for film
0: rights of, course. of the yeah.
2: of this uh, video. Do you, do you game? know what well, house did? The,
0: do you know what house did the uh, the,
1: tra- no, the trailer? I, can, I can bet you ahead. if it's really awesome, it's probably Blur. It makes sense. I mean, you just pitch Swiss Family Robinson meets zombie apocalypse. Yeah. That <laughs> sounds awesome. I'm going to greenlight that right now. <laughs> I will. I want to be in that picture.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. But it was uh, it was actually bought by the um, Wolfman and Mummy uh, producer. Uh, Sean Daniels, um, but yeah. So right now, that's so you can just make a really cool trailer, trailer yeah. for a movie that doesn't even accurately represent the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as long as it's rides. pretty yeah. cool, uh, Techland made it for huh. Microsoft Windows, X, uh, Xbox. That's a, that's, amazing. That that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But it's it's
0: actually an interesting trailer. You know, what's even more amazing. What's more amazing? And this Mr. is Steve this is a seamless skeleton? this is a seamless segue new segue. <laughs> um, uh, According to Access Hollywood, Sarah Jessica Parker would do a third *Sex and the City* movie. No, and no, she's quoted as saying, "I think there's one more story to tell. I know there is." (laughs)
1: I think there's one and, more paycheck to collect, yeah. and no, get, I it, know get, there it gets is.
0: better. It gets better, and then when informed of the possibility of a *Sex and the City* prequel yeah. starring younger uh, versions of the characters, uh, she balked at that. Yeah. And and in, in, in her, in her, this is I'm quoting again. I was like, "What? There are a lot of important and interesting stories that 21-year-olds can tell." I don't begrudge any 21-year-old the opportunity to tell their stories. They prove to us on an everyday basis that they're interesting. even, Even their narcissism is interesting. Wow. Even their inertia is interesting. Even their tonal speech patterns... Are interesting. Wow. Well, what
2: a what a nice little backhanded pat on the back for twenty one year olds from Sarah Jessica Parker. But
1: it like that evolves from backhanded into fuck off.
2: Now, did (laughs) did did she say that there's also a uh, a spinning into butter the direct DVD release (laughs) that she did in two thousand eight sequel? Or maybe uh, did you hear more about the Morgans?
0: (laughs) Is there anything left of the Morgans? Well, all right. I think that's uh, that covers our movie news. That was oh, really, really well done, everybody. I think movie we've informed, news.
1: we've informed and educated, and yes. we've we've done our job. And young people, under no circumstances should you pitch a remake of the Square Pegs TV show. <laughs> and you know, and she you will come down on you hard. And honestly, have fun. She'll with,
2: destroy you. Have fun with your your narcissism and your speech patterns.
1: <laughs> your twenty one year old freaks.
2: Yeah, speech pattern heaven. <laughs>
0: Love your speech patterns. <laughs> Okay, well, this this week, this uh, episode's uh, theme for discussion is um, the shaky cam as a director's crutch. Uh, a filmmaking technique that is it is... even a crutch anymore, as opposed to a requirement, <laughs> <laughs> or just a just a final cut filter button that is added to a finished movie?
1: The, the Paul uh, Greengrass button. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, add? no.
0: But this is this is something that that kind of aggravates me in almost every movie I see that employs it, which is almost every movie, <laughs> um, especially action movies uh, where you're supposed to be able to follow some sort of through line of action and choreographed action. And, uh, and, and it's aggravating because it's actually a really legitimate filmmaking technique. It's to, to use a shooting technique and it, you know, it's, you know, the handheld, the handheld camera has been around since film has been around. Mm. Um, it's, you know, but it really, what happened in starting kind of the early eighties is when things really kind of went super shaky. And that accidentally got turned into the mainstream. And this is you can trace this back to uh, you can trace this back actually uh, in a large part to the Evil Dead, Sam Raimi's ev- <laughs> first Evil Dead, and where you know I mean he was you know doing all kinds of crazy ass shit, which is you know bolting the camera onto wood, putting it in a blanket and running it around in the woods. Now the thing is is Raimi was using the technique properly. He actually took it. He took the handheld shaky cam and then took. You know the realism of it, and made it surreal as kind of the point of view of the stupid crazy. Right. You know, but he was demon. still
1: he was still sorry to interrupt, but he was still capturing legitimate images that, and you yeah you could, no no you no follow the action and and also I mean that's a low budget film, and he was using you know whatever tools he could to to tell a visual story. Yeah.
0: No. Absolutely. And this, but no, I mean he as but he was still to, de- he was still doing it right. But what he did was kind of explode the handheld shaky cam from being a tool that is used to kind of convey realism and intimacy, and he, he made it surreal. He made it you know larger and bigger and he and stylized crazier. it and, and he, he spat stylized it. Film, yeah, and he, he did, did all kinds of crazy of stuff for it. Now what happened is is in the in the ensuing decades is other film filmmaker, filmmakers picked this up, but they they failed to use it properly. Mm. and you know and, and they and they add all kinds of other crazy shit to it uh, you know like Blair Witch Project um, popularized the holding the camera and then turning it to the face for no good reason just to explain what's happening and then to turn the camera back and shake it around more mm. and so you know my, my, my real question with all this is uh, you know you know a when is it gonna stop but mostly why are audiences accepting it why do audiences love the things like those I, I, the, the born sequels i, I don't you know? i
1: don't know I, that's one of my favorite you know examples of not understanding it because the born sequels and i don't think paul i, I you know I don't, I don't think paul greengrass is a bad filmmaker because i really thought united 93 was a great yeah. great great movie but his born sequels I, I couldn't understand anything that was going on i mean I don't, I don't think it helped that the scripts were a little bit convoluted too unlike the First Born movie, which was pretty simple. It was much simpler, yeah. Um, but my uh, in laws love the Born movies, and I actually I, I asked my mother in law. I said, "Can you tell me what happens in in you know this action sequence? So specifically, you know, brought up one action sequence. Can you tell me how that worked? How did Matt Damon beat all those people up and then walk out of the room?" And she says. I, I don't know. I, I, I have no yeah, idea he just what did. happened. The camera like, why, shook why, around, why you, and then everyone like was that? on the floor. Yeah. yeah, why do you like that? And she was like, I don't know. I just,
0: it's exciting. Well, especially when you compare it to the first one the Doug Lyman directed, uh, Born Identity, where it's really clear, you know, and, and he even used, um, you know, handheld in, in the first one. Right. Um, but, but it was toned down to uh, a reasonable, realistic level. And it's, it, it, it added to the tension of the film, but it didn't interfere with you being able to tell visually what was happening, especially in the action and the combat and where it was clear that Matt Damon had trained for months um, to pull off, you know, this character. And you lose all that in the sequels because the camera's just all over the fucking place. I mean,
2: certainly, Greengrass isn't an idiot and he uses it for a reason. I mean, and I, and I think that's an important... Important. I I don't think he uses it correctly, but he uses it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of, I think, after that it brought up a wave of particularly action directors using it not really for a reason. There was yep. a reason it was a lot of close quarter combat. It was a lot of, uh, it was sort of showing his improvisational nature, uh, Jason Bourne, that he was sort of stuck in this in this world he didn't quite understand. And it kind of made yeah, visual I mean, sense until intention, the United yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. It's close yeah. quarters. Yeah. Yes. It's frenetic. It's supposed to be really chaotic. Yeah. And I think it, it makes sense. Um, a really good example of using it um, for a reason, but also it, it annoyed the audiences, is uh, Husbands and Wives, 1992 92, Woody Allen's movie. And it made a lot of people really ill, but it, it, particularly the opening, it, it really caught this, this sort of um, frenetic nature of these two couples out in the town. And and, yeah. and used that for a, for a good reason. And whereas Woody Allen has... Had before that, and he certainly moved his camera a lot, but if you watch a lot of his old movies, there's, they're really sort of like, like in Manhattan, composed shots that don't, it's just on sticks and sits there for five minutes and they move around, um, around the frame. So it was, it was used for a specific reason or like Saving Private Ryan, the opening battle Uh sequence it was used to a great effect because that was meant to convey the chaos of war but
0: but i think also part of the reason that that in you know in the in the ryan in the normandy landing it was very effective it was because it wasn't constantly doing that right and when certain when certain elements were happening that that you know spielberg wanted to focus on mm-hmm. the camera would slow down and it wouldn't yeah. be as it wouldn't be as frenetic and it would give you a second to acclimate to what was happening before right. it
1: got crazy again i think also you know, the concept is basically to make you feel like you're in the action. It's a faux
2: mm-hmm. documentary style. Right. Yeah. But
1: the thing is is when you're when you're making a, a, a handheld documentary, you're mm. actually trying to capture something. And it's not easy when you're holding a camera right. and shit's crazy, so you're gonna miss stuff, but you are gonna catch stuff. Whereas green yeah. grass like greengrass is born movies he it's as if he captured nothing yeah you know uh, and, and our friend uh Andy Kamenetsky, uh, his the the car chase in, in in supremacy uh he likened to uh watching the Playboy channel as a child because it's all scrambled mm. and every now and <laughs> then you see a boob yeah. so you know something really awesome is happening <laughs> yeah. you just can't quite see it when well, you check that, that,
0: that you juxtapose that car chase with the car chase in Ronin, Right. Which is awesome. Right. And you can tell it's happening and it's super exciting. Or 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 French
2: Connection. French Connection, yeah. I mean, I I think two of the bigger bigger abusers of it in modern times are Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Certainly The Wrestler and Black Swan are very handheld, very frenetic. Sometimes a little hard to figure out what's going on exactly. And Peter Berg. And I think like Friday Night Lights... I, I understand why it was used in that movie, and it was used to a pretty good effect. Effect, but um, but then like going forward, like the kingdom and stuff, it, yeah. it ends up it, it, it has that it's, same same action effect of not really being able to tell what's going yeah. on.
0: Yeah, and really, and and it's really just a, a matter of overuse of it. you just, right. I mean, they're just shaking it harder for no reason. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 you could achieve that same kind of intimate realism effect and still be able to tell what's going on in the action by just shaking the camera less.
2: Yeah. I mean, what was it Cloverfield that AMC had the warning yes. on? Yes. Yeah, the warning will make you yeah, m- motion sickness. Yeah. they have yeah. warnings basically yeah. if you see this movie, it's it's yeah. it makes it, it makes you sick.
0: And sad. Cloverfield <laughs> took the took the turn to the face thing to uh,
1: new. Well, and there, irritating yeah, that too. that movie's a, a great example too is if you are going to use that kind of ludicrous phonetic filmmaking, mm. editing, shooting technique, you have to have you, oh sorry. You have to have um, uh, clear characters so you don't you don't get lost. I remember the first time I saw Black Hawk Down, about a halfway through, I just lost interest because it was so frenetic, and everybody, you know, the the characters were so interchangeable. That movie, that movie is so that like everybody in that movie is so interchangeable. I had no fucking idea who is who, what was what, what's going on. Yeah, that and then, the and, then, and, then
0: li- and then layer on. Uh, Crazy shaky camera, and you you're lost. Yeah. Right. Well, and the fact
2: that everyone's dressed as soldiers. Well, yeah, that doesn't help. The band of brothers yeah. problem. I mean,
0: but... it's, it's not like you can put them in, you know, different yeah. cup co- right. oh, up You wear the orange <laughs> one, and you, you. I'm
2: I'm you call me Private Bandana.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: or <he> something
0: <laughs> just something yeah,
1: anything. To give me well, <laughs>
2: sum this up for us, Skelton. What's your what's your sort of take
0: on? Well, I mean, my it? take ultimately is that I mean, for me, it's like this whole shaky camera thing is. I, I'm really hoping that the overuse of it and everyone's excited use of it is going to reach a saturation point. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be a backlash against it with with film directors like you know no I want you to be able to see what's happening I want you to see what I'm coordinating what I'm choreographing and what my specific intentions are so I'm what I'm hoping is, is I'm also hoping you know 3D dies but that's you know so probably this <laughs> won't happen but you know what I'm hoping is that like people are gonna are now starting to kind of realize like ah, I don't want to see this any I want to be able to see what's happening I want to see the images that are composed and you you'd know look,
2: you'd like some more deliberate filmmaking
0: yeah and and just like look you know don't make it shake just for the shake and making it shake if you right. if he needs to shake make a, have a real reason don't just shake it because you don't want to really spend two months coordinating that fist fight right makes me
2: nuts
0: yeah the a-team shouldn't have been shaky right i mean not yeah. everything
2: has to be true grit but yeah you know, but but
0: yeah <laughs> that, but show nice. some restraint yeah that's exactly. really all i'm asking show some restraint all right. all right well that's a that's a shaky cam now let's move on uh to movie jail movie jail Movie Jail. This is where every episode we nominate someone, put them on trial for crimes against cinema, and either put them in put him in Movie Jail, the Robert De Niro Federal Penitentiary. It's a maximum security facility. Sure. Uh, or uh, release them. Now, before we get to our uh, trial, we have to address who we've already put in Movie Jail from last <laughs> week, and that was Robert Downey Jr. And we were just going to put him in the drunk tech. So, I don't know. Do we have a parole hearing now? Well, I sort, or... of, th-
2: I, I sort of think generally the idea of the... Um, I mean, it's the federal penitentiary. You have to do something. You have to really be on good behavior to get out early. And in, in a week, I don't think Downey's done anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe we should... Maybe, you know, next movie that comes yeah, out, just... whether it's Iron Man 3 or Sherlock Holmes 2 or one of the other sequels... Or, or his
0: cameo in Thor. Yeah,
2: maybe maybe <laughs> then we'll re- revisit All him. right, what so
0: what do we think? We leave him in? Yeah, I think
1: he's he's yeah, still he in. Isn't, okay, isn't Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. is in.
0: Yeah. Okay, so this week, uh, Stephen Falk.
2: Yeah, so so you know we're we're not always gonna go off the theme because sometimes it's impossible. But I actually do have someone to nominate for movie jail. At first, I was considering Woody Allen, but but he honestly he he's untouchable in my book. He makes a lot of movies. He's very prolific. Yeah, he's made a lot of shit, but he's made some of the classic crimes and misdemeanors: Manhattan, Annie Hall, blah blah blah. That.
1: I think it's okay to. I, he,
2: he's just, immune <clears throat> for me. I don't
1: know if Niro, If he's immune, then De Niro's immune.
2: Well, because but
1: De Niro made a lot of classic films. But for me, but, sort of but Woody
2: stopped. Allen is in sort of his third phase of of pretty decent filmmaking, mm. and uh, and right now is not the time. Like if if uh uh what was it Hollywood Romance or uh, Curse of Jade oh, Scorpion yeah. or any of those movies had just come out, but you know his last like five movies I didn't see the one with uh with um. Uh, what's his name? Um, da, da, da. Oh, I don't even.
1: Yeah. Uh, I
0: don't
2: anything know. goes or tall stranger. You will meet a tall stranger. Um, but anyway, so actually, I am going to this week. I'm putting on trial uh, Mark and Jay Duplass, the Duplass brothers. Now uh, you may not know who they are, but the Duplass brothers. I Made,
1: don't.
0: made a few
2: good, few movies. Uh, they made a movie called The Puffy Chair, uh, a movie called Baghead, and most recently a movie oh, with, called Cyrus with. Um, John C. Riley. <laughs> well,
1: I haven't seen any of these. Okay, so
2: <laughs> basically they are the, the kind of godfathers of Mumblecore. Mumblecore is a... Um, uh, basically, you know, it, it's a film movement, really low budget, anti-plots, um, a lot improvised, and they use shaky cam. They use handheld, frenetic, right. Right. one camera, you know, no setups, just people talk and the camera... Swings around trying to get whatever pearls of wisdom these characters, these actors improv as these characters, and it, it kind of drives me uh, absolutely nuts. Um, they've also been involved. They've been involved in a lot of the other mumblecore movies, like as producers, like Bass Ackwards and the Freebie, which came out um, recently. It actually, got a got a release with Dak Shepard, and and, um, and Hump Day was one that. Um, now, Mark is actually a pretty likable uh, actor. He's in The League on FX, the TV show. And he was in Hump Day. I don't know if you guys remember that movie. It came out last year. Um, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember that. It was,
1: it was like a, Two guys it was are going to, like,
2: right, it's like really a... convoluted. But anyway, to me, it represents the worst of the low-budget indie aesthetic. It's really ugly, it's lazy, and it's aimless. Um, and, and they work uh, with improv. And for me, and... and for me, improv, uh, basically when you let actors who are not incredibly good at improv, and even when you do, when you have when you have like a, um, a Best in Show or a Guffman, you know, when you let when you let uh, pros do it, like Christopher Guest, you still end up with like 80 hours of footage that you have to cut down yeah, to 90 yeah. minutes. Right. Um, and because that's all, even these geniuses and who even have been then, doing in, exactly, improv right, for yeah. 40 years, yeah. So these are people who have, you know, kind of mm-hmm. done improv for a little while, but it's not even comedic improv. It's just sort of like dramatic improv.
0: My favorite kind of improv.
2: <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> letting improv build the movie, which really results to me in boring scenes, completely unmemorable dialogue, um, and and movies that are very ponderous. And, I mean, you'd let Wynton Marcellus, to take it into music, improv, but you wouldn't just yeah. let, you know, any, any backup sax player... Um, you know, I personally I enjoy things that are carefully crafted, and it goes along with the shaky cam aesthetic. I like when shots are set up. I like I like Roger Deakins a lot more than I like whoever the fuck shoots Paul Greengrass stuff. Maybe it's right. Paul Greengrass, um, or yeah, or even <clears throat> or <a> computer or <laughs> or a a computer when you know when scripts when plots when shots are thought up thought about restructured, reworked, rewritten, thrown out, rebuilt. I mean, that's how sc- scripts go through a lot of edits, and I think they should. Scenes go through a lot of edits. Um, storyboards, they're there for a reason. Yeah. And I sort of think that um, the mumblecore aesthetic, while I understand it, um, I get it. I get why you would want to take your actor friends and sort of come up with a, mm. a loose, like you'd see Kirby enthusiasm go, hey, we can do that. Um, but uh, But no, you can't. And uh, it, it and and so for me, um, you know, they're they're about to do an, a, a sort of a big movie. Cyrus was one big step, but the problem is even with Cyrus, uh, you know, shooting these characters, you're constantly they're constantly zooming in and out. the The focus is just blown out constantly. It's really hard on your eyes to watch, and your ears, and your uh, entertainment value. Um, they're about to do a bigger movie with Etta Helms and Jason Segel called Jeff Who Lives uh, at Home. So we'll sort of get to see if they if they up their game, yeah. if they maybe choose some shots, if they maybe write a script, or they or they don't. Um, and for me, I will then keep them in jail if they do that. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so I would like to nominate the Duplass brothers, Mark and Jay. So, so
0: do you think? I mean, is this are, you know, is this like a felony offense, or, or are we sending them to juvie? Or, yeah, is this, uh, uh, yeah. What is this? is
1: this? I don't know. However, cell? however much you guys want to holding segment. Cell, penitentiary. security, maximum I like f- to f- put him, foster
2: home. I'd like to put them straight in the max. <laughs>
1: the hall right in the hall. So you want them getting buggered by Yeah, but I'd out.
2: like to not see more movies like Tiny Furniture. I'd like even though that that was mostly shot locked down, I I'd like to see scripts better thought out and um, Well, when's that I'd like the... to see plot. You make no, you make a indie film.
1: You make a great case. Here's here's my one question. And and it I, I haven't seen any of these films that you've mentioned, okay. uh, mostly because clearly I have no interest. Then you're a perfect juror. Uh, so my my <laughs> only question is is do they embrace the term mumblecore?
2: <laughs> that uh that is unclear. That's unclear
1: because that I would, I would if go they embraced in a it, it would that, be yeah. guilty immediately. I, I
2: doubt they do just because you know it, it, it it's not. Um, derogatory but I, I can imagine they or
1: do work. they embrace it with you know irony irony yeah here here's uh, okay here's what I, I'm willing to do I'm mm. willing to put them in jail uh minimum security I'd say minimum security until their new movie comes
0: out
2: okay and then when, we'll, and, then, and they're, then they're either in Supermax yeah that's
0: their parole hearing is their new movie okay <laughs> so in jail <laughs> The Duplass
2: brothers, you are remanded to the minimum security wing of the Robert Penitentiary for
0: movie crimes. You will get all of your personal possessions back when you are released,
2: which is not much. It's a handheld camera <laughs> and some loose script notes, <laughs> a loose outline, and
1: the label Mumblecore. That's all, all you get. You. All right, yeah. next segment. <laughs>
0: Yes, it's the Nick Cage Memorial Bizarre (laughs) Line Reading.
1: I think think what really makes this is the
0: initial. (laughs) This uh, this is where we we add to the pantheon of weird, crazy, and just plain wrong line readings. Uh, the, from cinema, not just Nick Cage. I mean, of course, we could do it from Nick Cage from here until yeah, we probably died. Yeah. Um. But uh, this
1: week we have someone new. Todd. Um. I selected. I sort of went against the theme of shaky camera. Uh. And went into John Carpenter land, who That's has fine. never shaken a camera ever. Um. Uh. <laughs> I'm going with uh, a line from They Live, as delivered by Keith. David, who can currently be seen on network television on the Cape. Not to be (laughs) be confused by uh, David Keith. No, don't. His white
2: white counterpart. I mean, his black counterpart. Shall we listen? No, his white white counterpart. White counterpart. counterpart. Ready? Mm -hmm. Hey, you better find yourself someplace to hide and keep praying nobody ever finds you.
1: (laughs) There's right. a, there. What I love about that line <laughs> reading is it almost seems like it's about to launch into song. <laughs> it is find some it's got a same song.
0: You. i like to listen again. To do it again. Hey!
1: You better find yourself
2: someplace to hide and keep praying nobody ever finds you. <laughs> nobody ever finds you. Nobody yeah, ever finds I mean, you. I could score that on a musical <laughs> staff. da about da 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 da
0: da that's just like, I mean, it's like, it's clear they did, like, 20 takes that day, and that was his accidental take, and he was like, I don't know where that oh, came from, and then and when Carpenter, Carpenter was, was editing
1: that, it, he's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, Carpenter loved it. Keith David's mm. great. I love Keith David. I love fun. Keith David. Keith David. Uh, and, of course, you remember, right after that moment. Is the five-minute-long fist fight. Yeah. Oh, five the best. Minute, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the best the fist fight ever in cinema say, history. Yeah, basically. It's marvelous. And yeah, it's, a, yeah.
0: it's about putting on glasses. <laughs> Put
1: on the glasses. <laughs> Put oh. on the goddamn glasses.
0: <laughs> and, he, and he just won't do it. No. Get sp- away from it's me, praise purely, purely out of spite. Yeah. He just won't do it. <laughs> it's All awesome. right. Our next segment. Yeah. It's Tom Slingdog's DVD Corner with Tom Slingog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tom Slingdog. I wanted to find a direct to video shaky cam movie. And so, uh, as you both know, I'm a huge Steven Seagal fan. Uh, I own every single one of Steven Seagal's movies, including My Giant, which is technically a Seagal. You are a fan. Yes, that's how much I love Steven Seagal. Uh, So I just uh, picked his most recent uh, direct-to-video release, which is called A Dangerous Man. It is not uh, the shaky camera movie I had hoped it would be, um, but it still uh, <laughs> employs a lot of frenetic editing, To uh, which is which they used to call the shaky camera the Carradine camera, because when Carradine uh, revisited his Kung Fu character as an old dude, they shook the camera a lot and did crazy editing to make it look like he could still do Kung Fu when he was uh, old. Uh <laughs> So, uh, and Seagal's movies uh, employ those same things. Uh, uh, so this uh, movie, basically, uh, the plot in a nutshell, is Seagal, who is an uh, ex-Special Forces guy. Of which course. Yeah, usually, really is stepping out uh, his, of his comfort range. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. In more recent years, apparently, he's a Special Forces guy who loves fried food. <laughs> uh, he finds a, an Asian girl in a giant bag of money in a trunk. <laughs> And uh, just like my Civic, and he wants to protect her, and in doing so, he starts a a crime war involving the Chinese mafia, the Russian mafia, and an (laughs) entire state of crooked cops. Uh, and every the the best part about this particular uh, Seagal movie is that everyone in the movie thinks that Seagal is an Indian. I, a Native I, American? I assume they mean Native American, but that's not made clear. Oh, anybody. wow. Um,
2: and so they might think he's Punjabi.
1: Yeah, maybe. We don't know. Uh, and it's hard to understand why they think that, because he he talks like a southern black guy through the entire film, not, uh, you know, uh, some Native American guy. Um, the be- For me, the best part of the movie, though, is before the plot kicks in, this convoluted mob war plot, <laughs> there's 20 minutes of backstory and it starts with Seagal uh, saving his ludicrously hot young wife from a carjacker and mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, he's wrongfully imprisoned when the carjacker turns up dead sure, I-, sure. I hate it when he's wrongfully imprisoned yeah it's very sad and he serves six years and his wife can't wait for him so she mm-hmm. leaves uh, but then ultimately he's exonerated because somebody finds some DNA evidence that, mm. that gets him out and uh, on his first day out he goes, <laughs> he goes to a liquor store and he buys a bottle of a uh, liquor called Jack's Old Country Bourbon Sipping Whiskey. And the only reason I remember, I, I, uh, they had so many pointed insert shots of this bottle of booze <laughs> that it was impossible not to go, what's it called? Jack's Old Country Bourbon Sipping Whiskey. That looks delicious. So then he goes down to the docks with his black do-rag on. He sips the, uh, the Jack's Old Country Bourbon Sipping Whiskey. And uh, as he's drinking it, he sees these bad Asian guys... Uh, shooting up a parking lot, so he blows up the car that <laughs> he had stolen outside of the liquor store from a couple of hoodlums who he beat up, and right. then the plot begins. And oh, uh, God. Um, I thought we were almost. <laughs> at the I end thought of that was the movie. whole. Movie. That, w- that was just the first twenty minutes. That would have been a great whole movie. Yeah, it's marvelous. You get, you really get your money's worth with Seagal. And, okay, so this movie, um, a lot of uh, the Seagal DTV uh, re- releases have a lot of dubbing and and the dubbing's so bad it's it's like somebody who's not steve clearly it's like don Knotts dubbing steven seagal but this movie gets points because they actually tried to find a voice match so it's a guy who's trying to do that like mumbly uh fat guy why are they dubbing him they dub him well. They dub him obviously because they're low budget movies and they don't capture the sound. And he mumbles. Are oh, you talking about the ADR? Yeah. Yeah. I get. I'm assuming yeah. he refuses to because yeah. they, they, they never use his voice in the ADR. Um, so there are a lot of gunfights. Um, there's the occasional slap fight with Segal slapping bad Seagal. guys. The skull there's slap. a lot of Asian and Russian hookers. None of them get naked. Huh. Uh, but there are a couple of flashbacks to Steven Seagal remembering his estranged wife doing a uh, strip tease oh. uh, for him, um, in which she does get naked and uh, Steven Seagal looks at her with what must be the creepiest smile I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. And uh, the movie also uh, features a lot of uh, blue filtered flashbacks. So mm, if you guys yeah. like that, sure. you who doesn't check this like this movie? And I will say this about this movie. A lot of his movies are convoluted. And as convoluted as this one is, it's easier to follow than a lot of uh, the previous DTV movies. Oh, fantastic. So there's that. Here are my favorite lines from the film. The best lines delivered by Seagal himself. This is drug money. And I don't know if you can read Chinese, but this is obviously Chinese drug money. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Um, (laughs) The next one from Seagal I liked was, I don't like to start a fight unless I finish it. And then the other cigar line I really loved is, I'm going to fuck you up ugly. (laughs) And then other great lines from the movie, from other people that I enjoyed were, change the station. My ears are throwing up. And this big guy, maybe an Indian, I don't know, took the girl and the money. (laughs) (laughs) And then that same character later said, do you like this girl? She's got the ass of a nine-year-old boy. (laughs) Oh. And then that's my favorite really, line from the. Film, it's really inappropriate, is what it is. The favorite line from. My favorite line from the movie, delish, delivered by the uh, uh, Russian uh, head mobster, is Where I come from, we fuck cops in the mouth when we run out of farm animals. All right. You don't get better than that. Someone, no, you really don't. Someone wrote that. That's fantastic. <laughs> well that's done. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's exciting. All right,
0: well, now we have something special. <laughs>
2: uh, uh Oh, we have something special?
0: <laughs> hey, that's right. It's time for Film Pigs Pigsamid. It's the game show where contestants scramble to guess the names of movies and win nothing. Nice. So these are the rules, gentlemen. I don't know if I'm ready to scramble. Oh, no, no, no. You, you must scramble. These are the rules, and it's, it's quite simple. Um, you will have three categories to select from. After selecting a category, you will have 60 seconds to help your partner guess as many film titles as possible. Okay, but you may not use any words in the film title. You can pass a title and come back to it time permitting. Okay. So who wants to guess and who wants to? I'll give. You give. Oh great. Okay,
1: that means I have to guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is. A t- I'm so good at giving. You'll have you'll have <laughs> sixty seconds and there's ten titles. Your categories are, best pictures, all you can Aikido, and potpourri. Oh, nice. Let's go for
2: best pictures first.
0: Okay. Best pictures? Alright. Are you ready? I'm ready. And go!
2: Okay, uh, this one, uh, Jeremy Renner was in it, and it's about bombs. And it was from uh, last oh, year. Oh, Hurt Locker.
1: Uh, this one right.
2: was about the guy who wrote uh, Romeo and Juliet. And Gwyneth Paltrow was there. Shakespeare in love. That's right. Bernice Wood, uh, cowboy movie. Unforgiven. Yes. Uh, uh, old, uh, Jessica Tandy uh, in a car. Uh,
1: dri- driving mistake Yes.
2: Uh, uh, English people running. This is from the 80s, early 80s. Uh, no, uh, 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 no, yes. uh, Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep were divorcing each other. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, this had Russian roulette with, with Christopher Walken, then it deer was Hunter. Vietnam. Uh, this is George C. Scott, and he was a Vietnam general.
1: Uh, Patton. Uh, okay,
2: but I uh, guess this was uh, this was yeah. the, the Sharks and the Jets from the sixties. West Side Story. And this was uh, God. Uh, they they made out on the beach from the fifties. Very famous makeout kiss. And it was
0: um... from here to eternity. Yes, Stop. that's all of them. Well done. Oh Just my under God. it, fifty six seconds. Insane.
1: Patton wasn't. Patton was, It was World general, War Two,
0: but World War II. Uh, but uh, still, but I, it, not, I looked at the nineteen seventy, and uh, I got.
2: Good. Oh yeah, that was
0: just the year that they won. <laughs> nice, that was good. <laughs> so there we go. That was good. exciting. Well done. I didn't think
1: I'd do so well with Academy Award winners.
0: All right, I know it's yeah. You know, that's why I had the Steven Seagal Academy
1: Awards. Yeah.
0: Uh, nice. All right, well our next segment, uh, we got another cold reading. Ooh. Um and this is uh a from a shaky camera movie <laughs> oh. that is very melodramatic. Nine ninety three. You nine ninety three. So uh, all <laughs> of you, let's roll. Close. No damn it. All Close. of you
1: listening at home while you're listening to this, shake your heads very yeah. violently. Yeah. you have to. Sh- yeah, or just... if you're
2: driving, just, yeah. just shake yeah. your steering wheel back <laughs> and forth. Drive. The yeah. Lanes, just share <laughs> across lanes. all the lanes. Yeah.
0: This is we're we're gonna be reading a short scene from Batman Begins. Oh, Batman Begins. Um, I I will be playing Flass, a dirty cop. Okay. Todd will be playing Lieutenant Gordon. Mm, Lieutenant Gordon. And Steve will be Batman. Batman. Now, which Batman is this? This is Batman. uh Scratchy Batman. This is a uh, heroin addict Batman. This is Keaton? No, no, this, no is, this, is, first, this is this uh, is this is the uh, uh, the first Nolan, the first, first Jakey nolan. nolan oh, oh which 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 oh, oh, <laughs> Yeah, no oh. get into character. Okay, alright, let's go. So we ready? Yes. It's gonna rain, huh? What do you want, Flask? Now, how's Barbara, the kid? Another one on the way, right? Big responsibility when you're on a big case like Falcone, a lot of time away
1: from here. Cut to it, Flass. Just saying, that's good. The case is clear cut. You'll wrap it up easy. You come around here making threats, pretending to be liquored up, tells me you're scared. Take care of yourself, pal. Trouble. The scum's getting jumpy because you, you stood up to Falcone. It's a start. Your partner was at the docks with Falcone. He moonlights as a low-level enforcer. There was another man testing the drugs. It wasn't a buy. Why risk opening a package on the docks? Flass knows. He won't talk. He'll talk to me. Commissioner Loeb set up a massive task force to catch you. He thinks you're dangerous. What do you think? I think you're trying to help. But I've been wrong before. Dun dun!
0: <laughs> fantastic. That was really exciting.
1: Nice. Wow. You know, what? It, it's funny that I'm reading that because I love how understated Gary Oldman is in the Batman movies because he's normally so huge. And it, it's so nice to see him understated. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. He does such a good job in those movies. No, he's All right. good.
0: Well, it's time for the bottom five. And he's uh... <laughs> at the end there. Yeah. And uh, my bottom five this time is uh, the uh, five movies with some of the worst shaky cam fight scenes I've ever seen. Yay! Yay. And it, we've already talked about many of them. Mm. Um, so, quickly, Born Supremacy. Yes. Born Ultima- Ultimatum. Yes. Gladiator. Fuck Batman yes. Batman Begins. Fuck yes. And Tim Burton's Batman for that fucking Bell, uh, Belfry fight.
1: Oh, Jesus, yeah. I forgot that's, about that. That's
0: one, that's, the, that's one of the first times I got angry in the movies about Shaky Cam is with that fucking fight and I hated it I hated it so much on the flip side on the flip side it's a moment of positivity Hmm. and with this moment I would just like to recognize and acknowledge you know some of the directors and filmmakers who actually use Shaky Cam and do it right and don't go nuts with it and use it as an effective tool there's lots of them but just a quick few uh, Stanley Kubrick Dr. Strangelove that's a yes, great, no, awesome. great the, 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 the bomber stuff with mm-hmm. some seconds that's you know that's where it's super effective uh, Colin Brothers raising Arizona they yes, made great yes, use of yes, Shaky yes, camera yes, in that. and that and like we said before Paul I, I hate the Bourne sequels Paul Greengrass drives me nuts United 93 was great use of Shaggy cam it's It was an extremely a good, yeah, effective it's such movie. A good movie. Um, so I have to give him credit where credit is due. Well, but he doesn't uh,
1: lose. But he doesn't lose any of the action. In, no, in, uh, he no, doesn't lose. No, that's the like action.
0: I said. He it's used correctly and appropriately, yeah. and it's a and it's a it's a you know it's, tool. It's an yeah. absolute tool. That's it for this episode, folks. We'd like to thank Adam Blau for all the music and all the stuff he lets us use. Hey. Makes us sound like we're almost professional. We are the ones who are not. Uh Until next time, I'm Steve Skelton. I'm Todd Anderson. I'm Steven Thaw, and that's the Film Picks podcast.
1: Yeah! Now we're gonna watch the Human Centipede. <laughs> Here we are. Hey,
2: you better find yourself someplace to hide and keep praying nobody ever finds you. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Good <laughs> <Did> night. <laughs>